I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Junk Time AFL podcast. For what would have been round three 2020, we're coming to you from Wayne Jackson Studios and Rod Carter Studios. My name is Michael Chamberlain, and joining me is a man who has finally been broken by the coronavirus. It's Adam Rosenbachs. Uh, g'day, buddy. G'day. Um, uh, what's yeah, wrong? look. What's wrong, buddy? Mate, I thought, you know, uh, I thought we were flattening the curve. You know, we were starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. This virus that has uh, struck the world. Doing the right thing. Only going to the beach every second day. Yeah, I was eating kebabs while on the move, so I wasn't stationary. All, yep. all the things that you're I've supposed stop, to do. <laughs> I've stopped spending nights at backpacker hostels. Yeah, exactly. I haven't spat in anyone's face for over a week. Mm-hmm. Sure, wearing so a mask, I'm a good all that kind of stuff. All that sort of shit. Um, my mask uh, is leather and has a little ball that goes in my mouth. <laughs> very, very safe. Very safe, indeed. <laughs> very sanitary. Um <laughs> But you find out this week, just as you know, you think there's a bit of a light at the end of the tunnel. And, you know, I, I want to say, as a, as a young boy, all I looked forward to, I, lo- I loved my footy when I was a little kid. And occasionally on Wide World of Sports, on a Saturday afternoon, you might see a little bit of a, a weird game from Ireland and just go, oh, that, that's an odd game. And then even as a young boy, I went, I hope there's some strange mishmash of that game and our game for uh, the two nations, the two strongest footballing nations of the world to come together. Join together in some sort of, yeah, in some sort of hybrid game. And that happened. And I was the happiest little fella ever getting around and even as an adult. And now we find out they've cancelled it because of the coronavirus. And you just, I don't think enough people are talking about it. Like we're talking about clubs going under. Mate, Australia's gone under. Mm, Ireland's gone under. I mean, really, that's... That's the big story. They're burying the lead here. It's the, it's the two games that we look forward to the most every year. And, and the thing I like about the uh, international rules with the two games playing in November is that uh, I always think a best of two is better than a oh, best of three. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why would you have a best of three? Why would you have a, a clear winner when no. you can have yeah, a, a draw and some, sort of, yeah, and some sort of weird countback system? That's, that's what international rules... <laughs> Stood for, Michael. It stood for really fucking bizarre decisions. A little bit. A lot of people talk about best of three grand final. Lethal came out and said for this year, maybe do a best of three grand final. No one was out yeah. there talking about the best of two. The best of two is what we want. That would be great. So say you uh, had a really dominating first one, you can just coast to an easy loss in the second one and you still win it. That's, no, that's, that's what point. the best of two brings out in all good teams. Um, so, yeah. So they, they've, I, I think they haven't officially cancelled yet, unfortunately, yet, Adam. So there's a little light at the end of the tunnel. I believe they've postponed it because they have a fear that the season might go till you know this fictional grand final. Oh, hang on, New Year's Eve. Are you telling me that the light is still at the end of the there tunnel? There is still here? a little bit of hope, mate. There's oh, still a little bit of hope. Postponed, oh, not cancelled quite yet. Fuck! This is uh, the, the young boy inside of me is just so excited. This, so you this... can still picture it happening maybe February next year. Fucking hell! All right. I mean, it'll be a bit different. Like. 
punching the absolute Christ out of an amateur team uh, in February, but I'll get used to it. In the snow, yeah. So, you, hell, yeah, so your fist is a bit harder, I'd imagine, in the cold like that. Oh, I'm so looking forward to this. So there's a little bit of hope, a little bit of hope. Oh, well, I will, I will bring my international rules Guernsey out of hibernation and I will pop it on. Don't worry, Do uh, an AFL player may still punch a barman in the face, okay? Do not worry. <laughs> There well, still, still could be a dog on the field. Yeah, uh, I love the dog on the field. Can you buy, question without notice, can you buy the Australian international jerseys? That's a very good question. I'm going to go with a no. Yeah, I've, no. I've, ne- I've, ne- one, I've never seen anyone wear one because mm. why the fuck would you? And I've never seen them for sale. I feel like they're a bit like a one-day top two where they probably change each year. I don't reckon they'd be the same every year. But the at least the one day tops you can buy. Oh well, yeah, you know, don't get me get me on for that. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, because that's because it's a fucking team that we follow and we support and like. <laughs> yeah, just like the Australian international rules team. You're looking it up now. Look it up. Check it out. See if you can buy. I, it. I am. I'm looking it up. Yeah, uh, it's just got photos of them, but you can't buy them. You can certainly buy the Gaelic ones. Can't go to Rebel Sports and get one. Oh no, hang on. Australian International Rules 2017. Adults Gurney 2017. Uh, out of stock, unfortunately. This is at the uh, I knew AFL it would website. Be. I knew it would be. <laughs> How much would you expect to pay? $119. Oh, Michael. Had, had they been in stock, you would have been fucking over the moon. $79.99. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. What would, it, what would a jumper cost? Would they cost about that? An AFL oh, I reckon jumper? they'd be about it. No, I reckon they're about a hundred and ten-ish. They're not cheap, are they? No, they they really aren't. And remember, like back in the day, I I remember as a, they can't have been expensive as a kid because I always had one that was adjusted, you know, for when I grew. So I was always in a Carlton jumper. Yeah, yeah, and I can't imagine. I mean, they would have been woolen back then as well, or cotton at least. Yes. And now they're kind of whatever that material is. I'm not really sure what that material is. That kind of stretchy, smooth material. Yeah, like the um, so that that so it wicks the sweat away from you and you can't be tackled. Yeah, 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 yeah. It doesn't have a collar. Bullshit. I know it is bullshit, and it is you know it's disappointing that you um, because the new material really shows up the kind of slightly tubbier player. Whereas back in the day, if you were portly, didn't really matter. You could get away with it. Like if you if you stretched a woolen jumper, boy, were you chunky. Do you reckon when you were growing up? Do you remember um the lace up jumpers being available? I don't remember anyone ever having one. Uh, no, that was before my time. I reckon they went out in the early 80s. Yeah, it would, would have been early been 80s, time? yeah. I think the nail in the coffin, I think there was a player who had one and mm. someone's finger got caught in it. So they you know, go the other way and their finger broke. Yeah, so I think no, that's when the AFL ruled them out. What a fucking horrible idea. What was the point of it in the first place? Yeah, why did they even come about? Well, because you know uh, how long it takes to put one over your head. Yeah. Well, this this way you could just put it on like a cardigan and then lace it up. What a strange. uh, Over the course of, and it's really fucking odd. And also like someone would have designed it and for the first person to have gone, I'm fucking going that. And then everyone to follow, just go, mate. Because it wasn't all one team. Like it was the player's choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I like to imagine, like, initially they were laced up at the back, and so you had to get, you know, like a, <laughs> <laughs> when a girl gets you to zip up the dress, you had to yeah, get yeah. someone else to tie it up for you. It's like, like a corset. Yeah, it's got Scarlet O'Hara being uh, put in the outfit. I like it. A little Gone with the Wind reference for you there, mate. Do you remember uh, your first Hawthorne jumper? The um, I reckon everyone would remember the first uh, sponsor that was on their top. I think it was HFC. I think they were a finance company. 
They were there for a yeah, long time. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And for Carlton, it was Avco, who I never knew what they did. I just knew. And I think they might have been also a finance company or insurance or something like that. Perhaps a dodgy offshore thing for Carlton. <laughs> somewhere to funnel their money. Yeah, sure. Like, it was a lot of cash lying around at that office. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, uh, we've been doing a couple of our watch-alongs, Adam. We did recorded another one the other day. It was the 1986 State of Origin between Victoria and WA. A thriller over at Subiaco. So we're Which was an absolute cracking match. Going to put that out next Wednesday. And again, we want to remind you that you don't actually have to watch along. You know, you can be out walking the dog, whatever you do, um, you know, cooking. By yourself or with one other person. You don't have to be uh, watching along. But obviously, it enhances the experience if you watch along. But you don't actually have to. So, uh, so no. we're going to keep putting them out as we go along. Um, and, and yeah, and send in uh, any recommendations. We've got a long list. We're going to work our way through them all. Yeah, the, the one that we're trying to do but we can't find online is the 2012 Grand Final just to make you suffer through that last quarter. But yeah, we really want to do that one, don't we? Yeah. I mean, because you don't need to watch along, perhaps we, you and I could just do that watching a KO and, uh, you know, the audience can just take our word for it that, you know, the tears are streaming real. down your face. Yeah, sure. I mean, we, are, we, yeah. we do want to do that one. I'm making a grand sacrifice for the podcast by doing it by the no. fact that I have never watched that last quarter. So yes, and that, that would be a lot of fun. And again, keep your suggestions coming in. If you've got any um, uh, advice for us on if there's something you'd like to hear us talk more about while we're doing the podcast, please let us know because it's very fresh to us. We're hoping that it's fun to listen to. So yeah, we're going to keep pumping them out. And also our Patreon, Adam. It's huge. We have got so many people who have uh, lifted themselves from the low dog category mm. and are now on board supporting the Junk Time AFL podcast. So if you go to patreon.com slash pod and you can show your support, we've even put in a new level, which is the I'm doing very, very well level. And if you're out there and you think that's you, please get on board and we will shower you with accolades if you join us at that level. But everyone who's joined so far, thank you so much. And, you know, if you're out there listening to us for free, that's great too. We, we love you. We love your support. And actually, we talk a little bit quickly. I talk about a tweet that we uh, put, we retweeted earlier today on Junk Time uh, Twitter. Um, mm. uh, a bit of the players giving back as well, actually, because there's a tweet here from Fors, uh, well, JD Baby 87 <laughs> That made me giggle. <laughs> Uh, Essendon fan, I'm in a literal out. I'm in a literal outpour of tears. Okay, uh, she probably wrote in a hurry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I contacted F- Essendon FC in regards to my financial difficulties, paying my membership. Received an email back letting me know a player has ever so graciously offered to pay the balance for me. So I will continue being a member of the greatest club ever. How cool is that? Yeah, that that is actually really. You know, as much as it hurts me that someone from Essendon has done a really nice thing, that is a magnificent thing for whoever the player was. And it, it's a shame that they don't, you know, it's good that they go, I don't want to be named, but she would love to know which player that was. Yeah, I get a feeling that maybe we might have a, uh, a little uh, reunion at some stage, I reckon. I reckon that player and that fan may, you know, oh, get that's together. That's a great idea. For the cameras, just PR. <laughs> so it has been a big thing uh, kind of this week because... Um, Eddie Maguire and Tony Jones had a big blow-up on Channel 9 about memberships. And, Eddie Maguire and cracked it. it. It was very uncharacteristic of Eddie to um, lose his marbles and uh, go from zero to 100 in about two and a half seconds. Over a very tiny thing. And so they were on. They were doing a promo for Footy Classified for the Wednesday night show. And TJ asked the question. I'm sorry. On the news. On the Channel 9 news. Yes. I'm sorry. Chompers. Uh, yep. he, asked, <laughs> he asked the question, will you offer a refund? 
And Eddie basically said if people want to reach out, they will take it into consideration and stuff. Yeah. Um, but then he just cracked it and said, TJ, I'm not going to give you a headline. I'm not going to give you a headline. Hence the headline was Eddie cracked it. <laughs> and also said, um, don't be a smartass. How often do you, How often have you heard someone be told, don't be a smartass on the news? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also I want to make it clear too for the people that are, as of like May, June last year, I was working at Channel 9. And those studios, so the new studio and the footy classified set, they're in the same studio. So it's probably about a 20-metre studio, probably 20 by yep. 10. And so while yep. they were having that argument, they were literally sitting about eight metres from each other, just staring down the camera. They probably didn't, <laughs> need, they didn't even need the microphones to be able to talk to each other. And so you they probably hear Eddie back through TJ's microphone. Well, yeah, they probably went to the ad and then just called out to each other, good work, guys, you know. Yeah. Yeah, we, we gave him something to talk about. And then did you watch... Fully classified that night. I think I might have watched a clip on Twitter. The opening, Caro. the opening segment of Footy Classified. It, it was as if the president had been shot, or like a plane had flown into the World Trade Center. Eddie pumped mm. it up so much. He was like, "Oh, it's been such a big week. Everything going on. Okay, Caro. Oh, she's talking about North Melbourne going to Tasmania. Hey, that's a story that you fucking invented in the first place. And then we got to throw to Sam McClure, the biggest new newsbreaker in the game. Oh, it's all going on. It's all going on. It's like no, nothing is going on. There is nothing going on. Yeah. But also, uh, we have been debating a lot of fiction. Someone will make something up and then everyone will debate said work of fiction. Yeah. And then the club, like the North Melbourne one, saying that, uh, I think, was it Caroline Wilson who came out and said that there are club CEOs who are worried for North and said that they'll end up being in Tassie. Yeah, yeah. And so North have had to come out and defend that and say, well, that's not fucking true. We're fine. We're doing okay, and now, you know, everyone at North's going, fucking stop picking on us, you fucking dogs. Well, I actually saw at the bottom of an article the other day about it, and they uh, had to clarify on the age, and they said that the, at the initial article had said that North would run out of money in about two weeks. And yeah. then North said, no, that's not true, which means North are going to run out of money in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end of that article, I saw that apology from the age, and it said, um, uh, we accept what North has said. They didn't, yeah, they don't give proof. They didn't like email them their bank balance, did they? No, no. it's just like, you know, just take take us on a, uh, take a word for it, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, North. Sure. So then the AFL had to get a $600 million loan from ANZ and NAB uh, to, I suppose, for the money they're going to have to hand out to clubs during this break? I Yeah, I guess so, to keep clubs afloat. Do they get, do you get a good, um, Frequent flyer kind of points with that. Like, you know, like if you get a house loan, then you get like, you know, a few hundred thousand points. So six six $600 million loan, like someone's getting a good holiday out of this at the end of it. And then I figure also their collateral is Marvel Stadium. That is right, yeah. They put that up so against they, it. Which which half of it? <laughs> the Coventry end or the Lockett end? Well, yeah, that's, that's the thing, isn't it? And it's two different banks. So do they duke it out? Yeah, oh, yeah. Fuck. Like if they can't pay it back, yeah, they take yeah. it over. They have to fight over the naming rights. It'd be like the NAB ANZ Stadium. See, they should have... That's just a silly mistake. You don't go to the banks. Like, the Comancheros are happy to lend money. <laughs> you know what they should have done? They should have come to mm. us. The junk bet. Yeah. We've got a lot of money lying around. A lot of money that well, we've... we've abs- take our word for it, like North Melbourne. <laughs> we've got a lot of money lying around. Yeah, and, and we're not allowed to spend it at the moment because no one takes cash. We've had to, you know, do our pay wave everywhere. So we are sitting on bricks and bricks. Of uh, money. Hey, uh, did you watch uh, WrestleMania, Adam? You know, Kane Corns has had a big week as well. <laughs> you should have watched it, Matt. It's, it's the biggest biggest show in the world. It's over two nights. So it was on today and then it's on tomorrow as well. 
It's about two hours each. It was it was awesome because they're and doing it's it. Not, it's not in front of a crowd, it's is it? It's not in front of people. So they're doing like their training center, their performance center in Florida. So they've kind of set it up. But it was really actually really intense without without fans in there. And then The Undertaker and AJ Styles had a boneyard match at the end. Don't shake your head like that. They had a boneyard match, which was almost like a 15-minute short film. It was incredible. Get around it, Adam. Get on the and WWE an, Network. You're an adult, aren't you? Yeah. And the man, Becky Lynch, she won. Oh, spoiler. And Sorry, I don't want to give a spoiler. Oh, well, you just did. Yeah. Um, so, you you watched WWE. When you went to the States, you went to Disneyland as well. Yeah, sure. I actually, in, two yeah. thousand, in 2004, I had a Fucking friend. Hell. I'm I had worried, people. a friend getting married in, uh, in Washington, D.C. And I went to Norfolk, Virginia to go to a pay-per-view. Uh, spent a lot of fucking money to go to Norfolk, Virginia to go to a pay-per-view. And um, it was very highly regarded as one of the worst pay-per-views of all time. <laughs> it's when The Undertaker defeated the Dudley Boys, right? And then he had a, he had Paul Bearer in a concrete um, kind of a glass case. And then he pulled the concrete. And so he killed Look, his if anyone because The Undertaker... He if anyone who has been a Patreon <laughs> subscriber wants to pull their money out, we do understand. Um, it's, it's a sad time. Because when he Michael. was growing up in the funeral Don't home. be using our Patreon money on fucking pay-per-view on WWE, by the way. Ugh. It goes back into the junk time coffers. I'm going to blade. You get me so angry. Now, Kane Corns. Cornsy. He's had a big week. Massive week. So, he... People. Oh, go on. I was going to say, people have come from everywhere for him this week. Yeah, for sure. So, he had a crack at Isaac Heaney. Because Isaac Heaney's having a bit of fun at a farm. And he filmed himself... Well, did you see it, though? Did you watch The Vision? The wakeboarding? Yeah. Yeah. So, Phil Lewin, Kane uh, had a crack at Isaac Heaney for wakeboarding kind of along the lines of, was it Ollie Wines? Ollie it was Wines, Ollie yeah. Wines, yeah. Uh, along the lines of, you know, it's unsafe to do. Now, Ollie Wines did it in the Murray River. Kane, uh, Isaac Heaney was in the tiniest of tiny dams and the boat was just going around in like the smallest of circles. It actually looked, not that he was going to really injure himself, but at least if you're out on the, the Murray, you've got a bit of space, but... There wasn't a lot of margin for error, is what uh, I was yeah. worried about for Isaac. You probably can't pick up too much speed, can you? No, and you're just basically just doing one donut. That's it. You're not going along and, you know, you're not carving up the wake, man. It's not really wakeboarding. It's just more circle boarding. And there's also the idea to put forward that if you are going to go wakeboarding on a dam, on a farm, uh, probably don't fucking film it on a mobile phone and put it online. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I can see where Cornsy's coming from here. I mean, I'm a huge fan, of, as we both are, of Kane Corns. Everything he says is just fucking on the money. Mm-hmm. He was uh, talking today on the Sunday Footy Show uh, about the abusive messages he gets from you and also <laughs> he said from a current day player. So they send messages into SEN South Australia when he's on, on air. And I, what I love about it is that apparently that the um, player's name comes up so whenever you get a text in at SEN so have having been on SEN uh and people when people don't like you you read it like when people go this is fucking these blokes supposed to be fucking comedians are they and then you read that and you're like oh well I didn't need to read that yeah so the setup is there's the screen basically in front of the microphone so when you have been on there do you purposely read the screen I'd stick clear of it I wouldn't want to look well, no, because you cop a whole heap of abuse, but most people kind of enjoy me. A lot of times, though, because we're doing like a talkback uh, topic, so you need stuff coming in. Yeah, okay. So you do want to read it. Um, there have been players, uh, I won't name names, at SEN who've been told, stop calling the numbers. Yeah, okay. 
because they would see, they go, I'll get so-and-so fucking off air and they'd be in the studio and be like, oh, fuck this guy, I'm calling him. And so they'd call him and they'd be like, mate, you, you're not allowed to do that, so stop <laughs> doing that. Well, he has a current day player. So I would have to say it'd be an Adelaide or Port player by the fact yeah, that... Yeah, I would, I would think so. Yeah, because he wouldn't really be listening to SEN South Australia and see like a super-duper Kane Corns fan. I think he does mm. the afternoon shift, would that be right? I thought he did mornings, but okay. anyway. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. So he said he will name and shame this person if it keeps going. And he read out a few. Uh, does Kane know this interview has already been done? Mm. I mean, maybe he didn't. It probably didn't, yeah. But, you know, it's a good question to ask, you know. You're just helping out. I didn't think footballers listened to SEN a lot. I, I, I don't, it's that thing of you're seeking out criticism. It's a bit like, and you know, this you know sensitive thing, but online bullying, for example, online yeah. bullying is the only form of bullying that you have to go in search of. Now, I'm not saying that you know it's a horrible, horrible thing, but no. there is the argument: if you don't have your computer on, you can't read what people you are saying see. about you on computer. Yeah, yeah, that is true. But you know, when I I uh, I mail you stuff, so you I don't <laughs> know whether you've I don't know whether you've opened it or not. You know, <laughs> um, I, another another friend of this show actually texted in to, and I won't say which program it was, uh, to SEN and paid out on one of the presenters and the presenter called this person back. Really? So when, you watch, yeah. when you're watching the screen, mm. um, does a name come up? Like, is it the kind of thing where you almost have to register your name before you can send in messages? Yeah, so what will happen is if you've called in and said, uh, oh, it's uh, fucking Michael from... Um, you know, uh, Rod Carter Studios, mm -hmm. the first time you've called in, they'll have Michael from Rod Carter Studios and it remembers your number. Ah, gotcha. Okay. So the next time you text in, that'll come up. So it does start to remember who they are. And next to it, it will have how many times they've texted. That's right. That's and the so, bit I like. Like Trout from Wood End was up for around, I think it was around 30,000. <laughs> and that's not a joke. That's not a joke. He yeah. actually had texted in that often to the, because he would just be on it all the time, just texting into the show. Uh, and then a couple other messages here. He says, uh, get Kane Corns back on. He's so positive and love hearing him. Bit of sarcasm. Uh, sarcasm I think it's there. sarcasm, yeah. Love your work, Kane. I reckon that's also sarcastic. Love your work, Kane. Kane, you were so negative, mate. Try being positive for once in your life. It, it, and I know this is a footballer because there's a complete lack of punctuation. Uh, <laughs> you'd be surprised how good you feel. Kane, how much did you get paid? You were deplorable as a player tagger. Ha, 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 ha. Got him. And he then, him. he gave a clue that this was a player that gave Kane a bit of a touch-up in 2015. He said so, he was only played on and someone he got uh, towed up by. So, therefore, it has to be an Adelaide player because it wouldn't be a Port player. Great deduction there, Adam. Great deduction. And it would more than likely be a midfielder. And so it would be someone who started playing uh, 2015 uh, at least... Oh, no, because if he's gone to tag him, he's been around since before 2015. He must be a good player. Kane doesn't go to – he's not a run with on a first-year player. Yeah, that's a good so point. So this guy must have been around from, twenty, say, 2012 onwards. He's starting to get good. Fucking Rory Sloan, mate. You've got to stop <laughs> sending these texts in. You could actually really nail it down, couldn't you? Like, it could, it could only be like four or five people by the end of it. Oh, you would have thought so. Like, especially if Kane's going to them. He doesn't go – you know, he, he shuts down the best player. He's so it's either going to be – how long have the Crouch brothers been around for? No oh, question be, without notice. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be one of those. Rory Sloan. I can't imagine 
it would be like a Richard Douglas or someone. Because did he say he's still a current player? Current day player. Yeah, and a good one. Right, okay. Well, that's, um, I can't see who it isn't aside from old mate uh, Sloney. Well, yeah. I mean, the Crouch has been around since about uh, 2013, 2014. Okay. So, yeah, second year player, third year player. Mm. Could be a Crouch around that time. Is he going to them? Interesting. Oh. I'm st- I'm going with uh, I'm going with Rory. I'm going with Sloney. It's going to be a big reveal, isn't it? Yeah, I like it. Uh, but also, he's actually um, this week has talked about being sledge while on the field. Kane Corns. He's had a really. He's been very busy. Um, and he talked about a time that he knew his career was pretty much over when he had to tag Nat Five. Mm. So he ran ran to Five and uh, he hadn't started on him. Ran over to him, and then. This is Kane telling the story, right? So I won't put any mail on this. He said, uh, Fife, he looked at me in amusement almost. I'll never forget the look on his face. Well, it was amusement. Uh, <laughs> and, he sa- and he said to me with the ball only about five metres away, this is how cocky Fife is. Ball's five metres away, mate. Doesn't even think about the ball. Just looks at Kane and goes, I mean, he's, he forgot the ball. So he's not even worried about the ball. Eyes only for Kane. And he just looked at me and said, Bring your old, skinny, frail bones with me. We're going straight to the goal square. Oh, burn. I mean, that is... Am I right? Uh, that's the kind of oh, stuff fucking that hell. makes you consider your career, isn't it? <laughs> oh, fuck. Even then, he should have just jogged off through the interna- interchange gates yeah. and just become a fireman. He should have faked an injury. Yeah, just said, i, I got to get off here because I've got old, skinny bones and we're going straight to the goal square. Skinny, frail bones, mate. And then he talked about, I think, the ball just got loose in the forward line and Fife took, took oh, a mark well, well, and the goal. I mean, Please, uh, allow me. Gee, spoiler. Sorry. Allow me. So uh, he goes down there. Fucking hell. He, he says that uh, Fife had a 10 centimetre advantage over him and 15 kilos. What was fucking Corns weighing? Like 72 kilos or something? How much does Fife's head weigh? <laughs> Depends on how well he's playing. Uh, so... He's gone down, he's taken a mark, he's kicked a goal. He looked at me, Fife, looked at Corns, and said, told you, old man, it's going to be a pretty rough day for you. Fuck. Oh, Way with words. And he goes, that was it. That was the moment that had me questioning my football future. I mean, it's actually... it's actually yeah. not in the spirit of the game to be talking to someone like that. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's up there with, you know, racial and sexual vilification. Well, it's elderly vilification, isn't it? Yeah, that's a good point, actually, yeah. Old and man. also, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a pretty rough day. Not, you know, this is going to be the worst day of your life. He didn't put it in, he didn't go too hard. He just went, it's going to be a fairly rough day, pretty rough. Not, yeah. not too bad. You'll get over it, but it's going to be rough. You'll remember it. You'll remember it, and you'll bring it up maybe on SEN in a few years. Yeah, sure, just as a little fun anecdote to pass the time because <laughs> we've got nothing else to talk about. No, exactly. He's very good at getting his little name in the headlines, isn't he? Well, I reckon that's why he's doing so well at the moment because he's not afraid mm-hmm. to say shit. He's everywhere. He's on Channel 9, he's on SEN, and he's on the AFL website. He couldn't be any more exposed as an AFL sort of commentator. Uh, love him. Hey, uh, the story revealed this week, which I hadn't heard this one before. Do you listen to Hutchie mm. and Purple's podcast? No, and having read the transcript of the following fracker... I can understand why I do not. What the fuck do these guys talk about on the show? Why does it exist? I actually, I actually don't mind it. I listen to it, and I yeah. But what do they talk about? Uh, they talk about the uh, what the footy landscape media. They talk about the media lot and kind of how mm-hmm. the media spins, or they talk about their old journalist days. Um, 
every week. Yeah, I mean, it's it's almost a bit like almost like a business podcast as well. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, but they're, yeah, they talk. They, they, again, they're running out of things to talk about. You know, a bit like um, two people who might be talking to each other <laughs> right now. <laughs> Let's talk about WrestleMania again. Um, but they talk about their love of New York. So this was kind of a separate podcast that went for about forty minutes and how they would go on an annual kind of boys' own adventure to New York. Oh, I fucking imagine being flying them all when fucking Hutchie and Purple were around. I tell you what, what? forget. Forget Swanee and Dustin Martin in <laughs> Vegas. You got fucking, you got Hutchie and Purple on the tear in New York. Well, Hutchie, Look out! He told this story about he was getting burnt out by journalism, so he was working at the Herald Sun, and mm. he said he took a flight to New York with a suitcase, mm. went and rented an apartment, left the suitcase oh, yeah. there, came back yep. to Melbourne. So in three days, he had a kind of had an apartment in New York, which he then went and lived in for a while. Some of them very okay. fucking well. <laughs> yeah, well, clearly, clearly. But he goes on. So, what? How did they? How did they get into the story about? Um, basically, Brad Scott wanted to punch the absolute fuck out of uh, Damien Barrett. They told a story. Hutchie phrased it as, "I don't know if I'm allowed to tell this story, but I'm going to tell it uh, anyway." Oh, he fucking told it. Yeah, and <laughs> don't so go they there. Talked about the brouhaha that Purple had had with Brad Scott or the back and forth, bit of criticism. Because Purple was also yep. a North Melbourne supporter, so let's not forget that as well. So it's kind of a issue dear to oh. his heart. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, Purple's a North, North fan. Uh, he should be a right. Dockers fan, really, with the nickname Purple. Yeah, uh, well, exactly. And Hutchie said that they invited the Scott brothers. They're, they're in town. They're in New York. Because so he, they're both ripping blokes, according to this... Um that, this transcript. They invited um, them along, and then Hutchie said that... Uh, during the course of the evening, and maybe a few, a few froths were in, indulged in as well? Well, because I was saying it was in October, which, as I have been there at, at that time, is a great time to be there for sport. The yep. World Series is on, basketball has started, NFL is on. It's fucking all happening. Hockey's happening. So they're in a sports bar, which is pretty much every bar in New York. Yeah. And so by the end of the night, Hutchie said he kind of turned around and all of a sudden uh, Brad Scott and Purple were... Mm, Punching on or pushing on? What about that? Yeah. Well, he says the two of you are wrestling, wrestling in the bar, not a muck around wrestle. A fracker had broken out between you and Brad Scott and you're tangled up in the Halloween cobwebs against the wall. <laughs> Fucking, that's good stuff. I always find when I've had a couple mm. uh, and, you know, obviously uh, I'm a passionate man. I always find uh, the first person I want to punch on with is mm. a Scott brother. I always find no, that's, you, that's the best option. Well, you may as well start at the top. Because, you know, you, you can take on one Scott brother and you just yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's even more reassuring knowing a second bro- a Scott brother is nearby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's what you want to do. Like, that's why you'd want to get invited to any of their family functions. Oh, dude. Because you just go, maybe there's a, maybe there's a you know, someone else at, at the, in the family. Maybe mum can come over the top, fucking bang. I like to think that they wear a name tag at family functions so people know who, which one they're talking to. And then maybe for April Fool's, they switch. So Brad becomes Chris and Chris becomes Brad. That's very funny. That old uh, chestnut. It is a chestnut. Did you hear that story about Dipper's ear? Uh, I I think I had heard of it at some point over his career. But um, basically the headline was of this article was um, Hawthorne great, Robert Dippier Domenico recalls the match where his ear fell Fell off. off. (laughs) I'd never heard that story in my life. So he must have gotten a bit of a blue, a bit of a scrap. And then his ear, they said, was hanging by the earlobe. And that's bad, is it? <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's not great. It's not fantastic. Um, no. 
And so then he said they the trainer came along and they <laughs> said, oh, how's my ear? And the guy said, oh, I think you better come off. And he had to get it stitched back on. Yeah, but they, they gave a bit of a squirt with water first. Ah, dude. That 15 other men had had their mouth on. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And this and would have been back day, in the day when they actually put their mouth on it. They didn't just hold it to their chin. Oh, fuck yeah. No, oh. no, no. He would, I'm surprised he didn't die from it. He says, the next day I had my ears sewn back on and they did a really good job. And then I made money out of it. I went to Puma and said, can I wear your headbands? Okay, maybe that is. That must be why yeah, Dipper did wear a headband for a little bit. Yeah, he's always, he's always monetizing stuff. You know, your fucking ear falls off, you fucking make money out of it. I would say, though, if you're going to have a part of your face fall off, Mm. You'd probably want it to be the year by the fact that if they do sew it back on, it doesn't really matter if they do a bad job because if they sew it around the back, no one really ever sees the back of your ear. You, you don't look at people's ear, do you? I, I mean, you'd be surprised. I spend a lot of time behind people staring in that section to see whether they've had their ear ripped off or not. Well, that is your fetish though. Like <laughs> when you go to Pornhub, like you it. type in ear. <laughs> That's right. Ear, ear off, <laughs> ear off. But like I, I know Dipper, and I've, I'm going to have to look at either side of his head now, and I'm going to try and get. It's a dangerous position. I'm going to have to try and get behind Dipper and just, you know, have a quick look. Work out which one got knocked off. Yeah, yeah, but never get in, never go into his Dipper's blind spot, mate. It works out badly. <laughs> yeah, he's like a horse. He'll kick from behind. Yeah. <laughs> now the one thing the coronavirus has uh, unfortunately brought upon us—it's ended a few streaks, yeah, Michael. Yeah. There are a few few sad fans who've kind of missed out on continuing their uh, their record. So there's a famous Geelong fan, Cole Hutchinson, who used to be the official stat man for the AFL. Uh, Is that right? Yeah, I think up until about 10, 15 years ago. So he was the guy who'd say, you know, uh, Geelong's won the last match, seven matches on a Sunday at, you know, 2.30. That kind okay. of thing. You know, they've yeah, got right. five goals and to win five times. Um, right. And so he had been going to every Geelong game since 1963, premiership year, so an 18-year-old. And then because of the uh, no crowds on round one, he couldn't get in there. He couldn't get in there. He talked about, could I get a cherry picker and just look over the top? That yeah. is not deemed safe. Um, he went, now this is unbelievable, 1,294 games in a row. Yeah, wow. How was he, like... Obviously, during the year, you don't fucking call Cole. Like, you just go, hey, mate, we're going to go down away this weekend. He's like, not going. Of course. How many weddings and functions would he have missed? Yeah. Just, you know, just random Saturday afternoons, particularly before, say, say 1990. Yeah. Everything was on a Saturday. So, you just didn't invite Cole because the motherfucker just wouldn't turn up. You go, oh, mate, you're my best mate. Having a wedding goes, can't come. Going to take stats for the cats. That is a you're really like, good Cole. point. That is a really good point. Like, if he had a brother or sister... Uh, you know, who got married and he would literally have gone, I'm not coming to your wedding because I have to go to watch Fitzroy Pledge along at Junction Oak. Any any children's birthday party would most likely have been on a Saturday Arvo. Cole is a bad family member <laughs> and and dad. Well, I talked about a guy, Gary, that I met. So we talked at the Grand Final podcast a couple of times about my friend who lines up uh, at oh, the yeah. MCC. And so, oh, yeah. uh, let me think, in 2018, I met Gary. Oh, it's, it's good when Hawthorne and Melbourne supporters come together to, just to talk about the hard times. Well, you did talk about, we did talk about again about um, the, uh, you wanted Hawthorne and Mem- Melbourne fans to have a terrorist incident, the MCG and the members, to kind of thin yeah. out the numbers a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So, coronavirus. So, what I need, what I need now is an MCC uh, meeting in a really small, compact room. You need an outbreak. And a really... 
and a really coffee person and just I'm <laughs> fucking going I'm going straight up. So I met Gary and he was first in line. I think Gary might have been there with his like 90-year-old mum as well. Now how and did you meet Gary? How did you you just in line and you started chatting to Gaz? No, I wasn't in line. It was my mate who was in line and so he okay. he introduced me to Gary. So he knows Gary from just right. from the line. And so Gary's mum I think is about 90, 80, 90. And she, They're line buddies. She, yeah, yeah. It was a real little community. Like, there's a documentary in it. But he, uh, he was like first in line. Not, He's not a, not a good one. But there's a documentary <laughs> in it. There's a lot of waiting. A lot of waiting. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he, his mum was there. Gary was there. Uh, and then my friend was like behind them, I think. Um, but Gary had been to every Melbourne game since about '81, I think. Okay. And he, uh, kind of, when the fixture comes out. And then t- t- tickets, but well, the first day tickets are on sale, mm. he would spend 10 grand or whatever and book flights, accommodation, you know, at all the, you know, go to Perth, you know, book the hotel and stuff all in the one day and all the tickets. So it's all set and sorted and wow. etched in stone. Sounds like someone's doing very well. Yeah. And I think he did, I think he washes the uniforms for Melbourne and... I suppose a bit of property shield kind of stuff. And I think he does that for the Victory and also the Storm and maybe the Rebels as well. Oh, right. So maybe he's based out of Amy Park. Oh, yeah, of course. He would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All be in one yeah. spot. Yeah. Huh. Oh, would, they, you, would you wash them all together? Was it just a giant washing machine? Because I imagine the purple would bleed into the white shorts. Yeah, yeah. You don't want it to. Do you have to keep them separate? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you don't want, you know... Don't upset too many rugby players, I imagine. <laughs> no, not <laughs> the, at all. The victory players, I wouldn't be too fussed about. If you, you, you could take them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But not the Storm boys. But also, again, to not miss any match is an incredible, uh, incredibly selfish thing to oh, do. Sheesh. And it's what these people are. What do you reckon your streak would be? Do you reckon you'd have a, have a decent streak? I don't reckon I'd really go more than five or six in a row. Well, no, because as soon as an interstater comes up, which would happen of what, four, at least four or five times, but even back in the day, uh, e- even if you just put home games, it still wouldn't be. There's days where it's just like shitty. Well, particularly in the last few years, I'm like, it's raining. I can't be fucked walking out at halftime in the rain. I'll just <laughs> stay at home, watch a bit, turn it off and fucking go about my day. <laughs> but what about you for home games? What about when you're in your glory years there? Yeah, but I, I don't have a... I don't have a preference for home and away. I'm a bit. I'm unlike you, who only goes to home games. I go to. Well, because you can. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you can too, dickhead. No, but I got to. I got to pay for it. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, you're not a good fan. But, but would you have? All right. Would you have gone to every Victorian Hawthorne game in that era? Uh, no, no. I reckon. I reckon at peak, I'd probably get to, and at, at the be a peak would be ten, twelve games. I reckon. Yeah, that'd be a pain. I reckon. I reckon I'd do close to that for Blues. Why? <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, we'll wrap it up shortly. We've got some footballers in real life coming up, but don't forget our watch-alongs. We've got the State of Origin going to come out on Wednesday, and then also our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash junktimeaflpod. Is that right, Adam? That is, that is correct, and you can uh, sign up and help us out. Thank you very much for everybody who has helped us out, and also... Um, uh, I'll put out a little podcast after this uh, just talking about WrestleMania. So that's just one for, hey, what do you reckon? I, I really look forward to that. Can I, can, I, can I join in with that one? From Josh. Uh, I live in Sweden. Uh, I was watching 
I really enjoy watching the watch along. There we go. Sorry, I'm just reading through this. Here we go. I was just a young lad of 14 years at the time and attended in support of my dad uh, the hey, 99 hang on, prelim. Hang on. Yeah, I'm about to say. 99 yeah, okay. prelim. Yeah, he was a Mad Carlton yeah. fan. <laughs> uh, as a Demons fan, I wanted to experience something like success in September. Oh. So I was forced to become a blue for the day. Uh, How short-lived that was. We sat in the old Olympic stand and cheered the Blues on uh, along with the MCC elite. Mm, we, were, elite. we were delighted when Dean Wallace confused ambition with ability in that final minute <laughs> to secure the Blues the game. Post-match, our delight was matched by a man sitting in front of us who bore a striking resemblance to sl- slain underworld figure Alphonse Gangitano. Oh, there you go. Uh, who was killed a year earlier. Fucking, he's still going to the footy. That is commitment. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> he was dressed solely, solely in black with dark sunglasses, gold chains and fingers on every finger, rings on every finger. Uh, yeah. uh, in short, he looked every bit the legitimate Ligon Street businessman that he was. He was flanked by two heavies, heavy set friends with neck tattoos. Sheesh. Neck tattoos. That was, that's 1999 neck tattoos. Yeah, well. that is fucking rare. That is, that is the um, era of respect for a neck tattoo, not, mate, what are you fucking doing? The legitimate businessman hugged us and said, what is better than beating the fuckers by 100 points? Beating them by one fucking point. While raising his middle finger with a sizable ring on it. Oh, adults giving the finger is fucking weird, I reckon. Anyway. You, you don't flip the bird very often at the footy? No, God, no. Uh, he told his friends, these guys are good. Shake their hands. Oh, a little bit of respect there. Uh, which Absolutely. they did before they all disappeared to the strains of the Carlton theme song. I had to call Dad to check that it, my memory wasn't playing tricks on me. D- in Dad's words, he was absolutely a legitimate businessman. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'd read the next bit. Uh, we were speaking on the phone and we didn't want to take any chances. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you said uh, people who give the bird. I don't understand people who actively boo. Like go, boo. And you're like, mate, you're a fucking adult. Like just call him a fucking idiot, but don't boo. I've, I think I've told this on the pod before, but it would have been the 06 grand final. Mm-hmm. And I was at the, like the, pretty much the very back row of the MCG up the top. Yeah. And I remember the ball was on the other side of the, fi- other side of the field and Judd got it. And the bloke next to me has gone, you're an idiot, Judd. And I'm like, that, that didn't even travel <laughs> five rows, mate. From Jonathan, my wife and I are travelling around Europe in July 2017. Yes, we were doing very well for ourselves. And we're walking on the city walls of Dubrovnik, Croatia. Dubrovnik. Dubrovnik. Dubrovnik, yeah. When I spotted Adam Goods and his wife Natalie. Adam was putting on sun cream and I thought about approaching him to take a photo with of my wife and I. Uh, but thought it would be better to let him enjoy a footy-free holiday after all those cunts had booed him out of the game. <laughs> That's very, very nice of you, Jonathan. Yeah, very noble. Yeah, very. Have you been to Dubrovnik? I've not been to Croatia. No, no. I just did kind of Western Europe in the in the backpacking kind of you know loop. This story kind of summed up Croatia for me. A friend of mine went there for a bucks party, and they went to a shooting range that was in an old disused jail. Great. And. My friend... Because that's what you want. That's what you want in a rifle range is lots of concrete and steel. Yeah, yeah. And my friend (laughs) said that it was so lax with the rules that he had two of those kind of mini machine guns, I thought you think you'd call them. (laughs) And he had them them crossed, kind of like bad boys. (laughs) Can't see how that's going to go wrong. No. Have you ever fired a machine gun? Not a machine gun. I have fired a handgun. 
um, at, you. at the shooting range at Gold Coast uh, Shopping Centre. Ah, right. I'll fight a handgun. Um, I was driving across the Balti. Um, <laughs> uh, up in the Gold off. Coast, did you? Yeah, yeah. It was the thing I was writing, and uh, so I went and did it. And um, they have it. Uh, you go into a waiting room, which is a bit terrifying. Yep. You feel like someone's about to come out with a gun. Um, yeah, okay. But they, they chain it up. So there's a guy with you. I was the only person yep. in there. So I imagine, you know, they probably they probably didn't have that many people working there. So they couldn't have like five people at once. But um, they they chain it up. So And there's also, yeah, right. I think, a metal scre- a screen in front of you. Because I was looking, I was like, hmm, can I get my head over that? And um, uh, So, yeah, they kind of keep it. Uh, you, couldn't, you couldn't lift it much. You could only lift it like about five degrees, ten degrees. Yeah, yeah. No, I did, I did one in Thailand that was very similar to that. Uh, having said that, some guy a few years later did manage to shoot himself. Happy ending. Okay. <laughs> uh, from All your stories are great. <laughs> from Nick. As a Carlton fan, uh, I have what was a depressing football in real life. Uh, not so much anymore. Uh, it was Charlie Kerno attempting to walk with the biggest limp I've ever seen along Royal Parade a few weeks ago. Oh, there you go. He's out of he's out of the darkness now. He's uh he's gotten the wires taken out of his kneecap and he's back. He should be back for round two. That was the injury going up a set of stairs, right? Yeah. So he he originally did it playing b ball. Ah, uh, yep. And then did it even worser, um, going up a going up a, a tiled set of stairs as we all have. Don't worry, Carlton fans. He'll be here for round round two Easily. in November. Mate, as long as he's back, I'm happy. We are going to hit the road. We are JunkTimeOfferPod at Gmail, JunkTimeOfferPod on Twitter and Facebook. Our watch along coming out next Wednesday. Oh, and I forgot, JunkTimeOfferPod on the gram. Going to hit the road. Go! Go blue. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.